0: Finally, the doctrine guarantees eternal preservation of all God's saints. In the Holy Scriptures, the question of our salvation is traced back in the purpose of God, not to the moment when we believed. This is when it became ours experimentally, but to a point before time began, before the foundation of the world. God chose us in Christ, Ephesians 1, 4. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. This lifts the matter of our salvation out of time into eternity. Were it merely a thing of time, it would perish. But because it is a thing of eternity, it must endure forever. It is impossible to imagine a stick with only one end to it. That which is eternal must be so at both ends. So God's word affirms, whom he did predestinate in eternity past them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified in eternity future romans 8:30 five the certainty of election Before we approach what is the more experimental side of our subject, let us review the ground that we have already traversed. We have seen that the doctrine of election is one of the deep things of God and must be received with simple, unquestioning faith, that, like the subject of the Holy Trinity, it is a profound mystery which transcends the grasp of the finite mind. Then we have sought to show, by A free quotation from scripture that the truth of election is clearly taught in the word of God. Nay, more, that it is one of the most prominent truths of divine revelation. Further, we have seen that the principle of election runs through all God's dealings with our race, that both in Old Testament and New Testament times, God passes by some and calls others. Next, we considered briefly the justice of election, and found that in blessing some, God showed no injustice to others because none have any claim upon him and that, as salvation is his free gift, he dispenses his favors according to his own good pleasure. Finally, we have noted the corollaries of this doctrine and shown how it ascribes all the glory to God and guarantees in the most emphatic way the eternal security of all who were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. And now, with an humble desire to seek to remove some of the difficulties which naturally arise from a consideration of this subject, let us notice a few of the questions which usually occur to all reflecting minds when this doctrine is brought before them for the first time. 6. The Difficulties of Election 1. Does not Scripture declare that God is no respecter of persons? Yes, it does, and election proves it. The seven sons of Jesse, though older and physically superior to David, are passed by, while the young shepherd boy is exalted to Israel's throne. The scribes and lawyers are unnoticed, and ignorant fishermen are chosen to be apostles of the Lamb. Divine truth is hidden from the wise and prudent, but is revealed unto babes. The majority of the mighty and noble are ignored, while the weak and despised are called and saved. Harlots and publicans are sweetly compelled to come to the marriage feast, while proud Pharisees are suffered to perish in their own self-righteousness truly god is no respecter of persons or he would not have saved you my friend two but is not man a responsible being endowed with a free will man is unquestionably a responsible being he is no mere machine or automaton Scripture uniformly regards him as one who reaps according as he sows, and as one who shall yet have to render an account for the things done in the body. But nowhere does the Bible predicate the free will of the natural man. Man by nature is the subject of Satan and the slave of sin, and does not become free until the Son of God makes him free. John 8.36 No man can come to me, but he can if he is free. Except the Father which hath sent me, draw him. But there is no need to draw him if he is free. This is unequivocal. When mercy comes to bless, it finds us bent to curse. We will not receive the proffered boon. We reject the mercy and grace must overcome our will. It must lead us captives in silken bonds, or likewise it cannot bless us. Man, while his will is free, is graceless. It is only when his will is bound by fetters of sovereign grace that he is gracious at all. If there be such a thing as free will, Luther truly hit the mark when he called a free will a slave. It is only our will in bonds that is truly free, our will constrained, then ranges at liberty. When grace binds it, then indeed it is free, and only then, when the Son has made it free. C. H. Spurgeon, The Glory of Grace, Ephesians 1, 6. 3. But does not Scripture say, Whosoever will may come? It does, and Christ never yet turned away any willing soul. If in the eleventh hour the dying thief who turned unto the Lord was assured a place in paradise, and if Saul the persecutor of the church, the chief of sinners, found mercy, verily, Whosoever will may come. But all are not willing. The vast majority of people have no desire to come to Christ. Had God left it entirely to man's will, none would ever have accepted him. Consequently, God has to work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13 But God does not thus work in all And that brings in election. 4. But why preach the gospel to every creature if only a few are chosen? Because the atoning sacrifice of Christ is sufficient for all, if all will accept it. Because God would have published far and wide the matchless grace and fathomless love of his dear Son. Because the sacrifice of Christ is eminently adapted to all, what suits one sinner must meet the needs of another. Because it is by the preaching of the gospel that the elect are called out from the world. Finally, because we are commanded to preach the gospel to all nations. And it's not for us to reason why. It's not for us to make reply. It's for us to do and die. 5. But will not this doctrine cut the nerve of evangelistic effort? Once again we will let Mr. Spurgeon make reply. Well then, says one, that will make people sit still and fold their arms. Sir, it will not. But if men did so, I could not help it. My business, as I have often said in this place before, is not to prove to you the reasonableness of any truth, nor to defend any truth from its consequences. All I do here, and I mean to keep to it, is just to assert the truth, because it is in the Bible. Then, if you do not like it, You must quarrel with my Master, and if you think it unreasonable, you must quarrel with the Bible. Let others defend Scripture and prove it to be true. They can do their work better than I could. Mine is just the mere work of proclaiming it. I am the messenger. I tell the Master's message. If you do not like the message, quarrel with the Bible, not with me. So long as I have scripture on my side, I will dare and defy you to do anything against me. Salvation is of the Lord. The Lord has to apply it to make the unwilling willing, to make the ungodly godly, and bring the vile rebel to the feet of Jesus, or else salvation will never be accomplished. Leave that one thing undone and you have broken the link of the chain, the very link which was necessary to its integrity. Take away the fact that God begins the good work and that he sends us what the old divines call preventing grace. Take that away and you have spoilt the whole of salvation. You have just taken the keystone out of the arch, and down it tumbles. C.H. Spurgeon, Salvation of the Lord, Jonah 2.9 7. The Signs of election. How many believers know they are among the number of God's elect? It is true they do not have access to his book of life, so they cannot read his secret decrees. That they are ignorant of his eternal counsels, yet it is possible for the saints to know they are among the ones whom God has predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. There are at least five ways in which God testifies that he has chosen us from all eternity. 1. By calling us to himself. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Romans 8.30 The predestination was in eternity. The calling is in time. This call comes to the elect with irresistible force. They hear it, and they cannot but respond. The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. John 10.3 we have an illustration of this in the case of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, make haste, and come down. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. Luke nineteen five and 6. The sheep was called by name, and responded to the shepherd's voice. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. We have another beautiful illustration of this recorded in John twenty sixteen. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni. Previously she knew him not. She mistook him for the gardener, but the good shepherd addressed his own sheep by name, Mary. And instantly she knew his voice. Here, then, is the first mark of election, as illustrated by the above cases. The shepherd calls, and those who are his sheep, the elect, hear, recognize, and respond to by creating them anew in Christ. Or, in other words, by making them His children. All are not God's children. On the contrary, all are by nature children of wrath, and only by sovereign grace do we become children of God. All are His creatures, but all are not His sons. Regeneration is the consequence of election. Of His own will begat He us. James 1.18 which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John one thirteen. Have I been born again? Have I been made a new creature in Christ? Are there unmistakable evidences in my life that I have been made a partaker of the divine nature? Then this is one of the marks of my election. 3 by conforming them to his will the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither indeed can be romans eight seven the unregenerate will is entirely opposed to everything truly holy But it is otherwise with those whom God calls and quickens. He renews their wills. He works in them both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That which differentiates a child of the devil from a child of God is that the former is ruled by his own will, while the will of the latter is lost in God's. The language of the saint is, It is the Lord let him do what seemeth him good. If then your will is broken, if you find yourself saying from the heart, not my will, but thine be done, then this is one of the marks and signs of your election. 4. By communicating his love to their hearts. The wicked have no love for God, no capacity to appreciate his perfections, no concern... For his glory they see in him no beauty that they should desire him, yea, he is despised and rejected by them. But the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God in the hearts of those who believe. To them God is so excellent they say, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. To them Christ is the fairest among ten thousand, the altogether lovely one. If then the love of God glows within your heart, this is one of the marks and evidences of your election. 5. By cultivating in them the fruit of the Spirit. In the parable of the sower, there are four kinds of ground on which the seed falls, but only one bears any fruit. The first three represent various classes of unbelievers who hear the word of God, and one thing is common to them. They are all barren. But the fourth class, the good ground bearers, bring forth fruit in varying degrees. Here then is another unfailing sign, another peculiar characteristic of believers. They bring forth fruit. What that fruit is we learn from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Have I love, love for God, for His word, for His people? Have I joy? That deep, fixed Wondrous joy, which the world knows nothing of. Have I peace, that peace of conscience which comes from the knowledge of sins forgiven? Am I long-suffering, so that I endure all things for the elect's sake? Have I gentleness, so that like a real sheep I never show fight? Have I goodness, so that those around take knowledge that I have been with Jesus? Have I faith, so that I rest with unshaken confidence upon God's promises? Have I meekness, so that I esteem others better than myself? Have I temperance, so that my moderation is known unto me? To all men. Then this is the fruit of the Spirit. By these and similar signs, God indicates to us our eternal election. Eight. The fruits of election. Not only does God give us these infallible signs by which we may discover His choice, but the elect make their own election sure unto themselves. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Second Peter 1.10 In the mind of God, my calling and election were sure before the foundation of the world, but so far as my own consciousness and assurance of them are concerned, I am to give diligence to make them sure to myself. How do the elect do this? One, by abandoning themselves to Christ. All that the Father giveth me shall come. To me. John 6.37. When we lose all confidence in the flesh, when we come entirely to the end of ourselves, when we realize that in the flesh there dwelleth no good thing, when we become conscious that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, when we are prepared to cry, Lord, save me, I perish, When we fly to Christ as the only refuge from the wrath to come, then we take the first step in making our calling and election sure. 2. By an obedient walk. Peter addresses the strangers as elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. 1 Peter 1, two. If we are walking contrary to God's precepts, then we have no reason to consider ourselves as being among God's elect. The Good Shepherd leads His sheep in the paths of righteousness, and if we are found in the way of sinners, then we have no warrant for calling ourselves His sheep, but If we are praying for and striving daily after a more perfect obedience than that which we have yet rendered, then we are making our calling and election sure. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 Three by a progressive sanctification, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the lord hebrews twelve fourteen If we are growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, if we are forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, if we are cleansing ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and are perfecting holiness in the fear of God, then are we making our own calling and election sure, according as He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy Ephesians one four four by a continued perseverance in the faith. Herein are false professors to be distinguished from God's elect. There are those who hear the word, and anon with joy receive it. Yet have they no root in themselves, but endure for a while only. Matthew thirteen twenty and 21 But God's elect persevere unto the end. They follow on to know the Lord. They may oft times be cast down in themselves. They may sometimes be overtaken in a fault. They have to confess that they are unprofitable servants. Yet at the end, every one of them in measure will be able to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. By enduring to the end, we make our calling and election sure unto ourselves, whom he did predestinate. Them he also glorified. Brethren, if we are among God's chosen ones, let us show by our daily walk that we are indeed the choicest of men. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye Colossians 3:12 and 13
1: This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwaters Revival Books S W R B makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available free and for sale in audio, video, and printed formats